I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Transmitting live from Planet Margate. This is episode seven of Buddies Buddies with Heidi Rogers of the Joseph Wales Studio. Greetings and welcome to a rare nighttime record. The buddies, buddies intro and outro. It's very dark. Um, I'm at the seafront. It's night time. Uh, I'm cutting this very fine uh, as the episode is due to release in, oh, let's say six hours. And this is the intro that you'll be hearing when it is released. One way or another, I will get it finished and edited, and all will be well. And I will retain my job as CEO of Buddies Buddies Enterprises. So, I'm not sure if I've actually been at the seafront at this time of night. It's kind of mental. Uh, It's very quiet. It feels almost too quiet. It has an air of um, anything could happen. So... With any luck, I can keep this intro brief. We all know that's not going to happen. But um, I'm going to do my best because it's... Hmm. Is it spooky? A little bit. A little touch spooky. The tide is out, but uh, I feel like I'm very close to what tide is in. And other than that, it's just black void uh, as far as I can see. Which is humbling and... You know, gives you that sort of uh, staring into the abyss feeling. That's a cheery note to start on, isn't it? Anyway, let's make it proper cheery, shall we? So this week is a pure treat of a chat with Heidi Rogers. She's from the uh, Joseph Wales Studios uh, up there in Dane Hill. Joseph Wales Studios is an ever-changing cathedral of creativity. I made that up on the spot, didn't rehearse that, didn't write it down. And yeah, it's, I mean, as we say in the chat, it's, uh, I don't know if you've read the book House of Leaves, but essentially the book is about a house in which the dimensions keep changing and they do all these scientific studies and and whatnot, and uh, it it doesn't make any sense. And uh, it's sort of like the Joseph Wells Studios. (laughs) Um, It's this big blank canvas of a building where... Uh, where you can have exhibitions, uh, shows, debuts, premieres, 
whatever you like music q and a's discussions all this kind of stuff it's a total blank canvas as well as you can hear uh heidi is open to you doing whatever you want in there pretty much i'd say within reason um but on top of that on top of the uh, potential inside it for space for exhibitions and such uh it's also ha- uh, home to a couple of studios too which are by all accounts leading to some pretty amazing enterprises and businesses and and such like um it's i mean it's basically there it's like one of these little portals in margate that's it just seems to generate and inspire ideas and give permission to ideas and creativity and i mean for me that's really one of the things i'm i'm loving about margate to be honest it's it's just a place where creativity is inspired encouraged and it's really in the air and there's a definite i I keep saying it it's this definite sense of collaboration and i feel like everyone's really up for each other and everyone's up for hearing ideas partaking in and supporting each other of ideas and and whatnot and um joseph wales is is sort of like where you can take a lot of these ideas and you can really make them flourish and get get some eyes on on the whole thing and yeah I, i think you'll really get a sense of that in this chat um i did leave in the part where she mentions the exhibition happening at the time of recording I guess it's obvious to say that exhibition has since finished, but the reason I left it in was because I wanted it as an example of um, how, let's say, if you wanted to hold an exhibition or if you wanted to get involved like that, it sort of gave you a bit of an example of how to get involved and, and also an idea of perhaps what can be done. I mean, obviously, you can't see it on the podcast i didn't take any photos of it when i look around it but um yeah it really is a place where you can do anything you want the bolder the better i'd say so if you're artistically minded and have an an exhibitable amount of work it's definitely a really really smart place you know green lights for whatever you want to do there and um it's definitely got a reputation for quality shows and artwork passing through it i I can uh, absolutely confirm that yeah so i left that in uh also this was uh, recorded before the turner prize began uh, and all the sort of stuff surrounding that was happening so that's talked about in the future tense and um i mean yeah i guess there's a there's a few time sensitive bits that i left in for a good reason i think just you know to give you an idea of the the character of joseph wales perhaps and and some of the things that can you know some of the potential it has yeah solid stuff so it really is dark and cold um my hands are so cold i'm sorry i'm moaning i know you don't need to hear this all right i'm gonna i'm gonna cut it short for both of our benefits so let's get cracking and get into the chat so this is without any further drama this is Heidi Rogers of the Joseph Wales Studios. Then I can listen to it and then we can come back and do oh, it again. Really. <laughs> It'll be the, the most polished, <laughs> polished podcast in recorded history. Okay, I am with Heidi. Heidi, second name please? Rogers. Heidi Rogers, I didn't know that. In all the time we've... We've known each other. Heidi Rogers of Joseph Wales 
what do I call it? Exhibition space, market venue, pop-up space, workspace, drawing studio, music venue, gallery, workshop venue. Please to add to the list. Um, anything you want venue. Okay. It's a, it's a blank canvas. And you're in Dane Hill, Margate, next to the infamous Beano's Cafe. We are, absolutely. Yeah. Every fine endeavour at Joseph Wales starts with the Beano Cafe. Oh, it's a destination spot. So, Heidi, basics. What is your role here at Joseph Wales? Well, I... In as broad terms as you The broadest terms. I kind of, I guess, I manage the place I manage the space but that's kind of I kind of manage it as in I've let out studios and workshops to different people yeah so they use the space but the exhibition and event space I manage and run and get events to come in there okay so I kind of run the whole building in terms of getting the people in and making sure that we've got water and toilet paper and essentials. So you're like the sort of the manager, janitor. The caretaker, caretaker yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. All in one. Maintenance woman. Yeah. But you're super handy though, aren't you? I've seen you with a drill and I've seen you putting up shelves and... Possibly, like, yeah. Why do we I... need a shelf? Okay. <laughs> and yeah, you're on it. But one of the best, well, I don't know, one of the best things about this space is that all the people here muck in. So yeah. it's like, if things need doing... You know, you can ask anybody to help you and, you know, everyone will help each other. Yeah, I mean, it it definitely feels like the kind of space where I think just because it's so sort of rough and ready, but like, it, it, I mean, it's not ramshackle by any means, but it's like, you feel like you can sort of chime in and you don't have to ask permission. Like, if you did want to drill a hole, it's like, just whack it in that that wall there and won't make a difference because it's all all quite weathered and... Well, absolutely, and I think that that's one of the kind of that's a, if a, there is such a thing, an ethos of the building. It's everybody makes it their own, yeah. so that goes for the studio holders and their spaces. You know, it's for them. You know, they they have to work there. They have to make it feel good and comfortable for them. Um, and so I've got no problem with them ripping up tiles <laughs> and you know adding bits and, and stuff if it taking makes them floor, feel taking a floor, floor adding a wall whatever <laughs> yeah. um but that goes for the exhibition space as well you know that is just a space that i hire to people and they can come in and make what they want in that space yeah it's not a pristine white box it's like there's no you can't do that you can't drill here you can't hang that you've got to do this it's kind of this is your space yeah. come and do with it what you will total freedom and if you could, can you explain what the building looks like? How how do you describe this building? Well, in terms of how it looks, or yeah, just, yeah, like yeah. just visual, like visual, yeah. you know, Well, it's, mind. it's a beautiful, I, I guess. Well, we've traced the history back to at least the mid eighteen hundreds, when it used oh, to be mind. a boat builder. And at the bottom of Dane Hill is um, King Street, and that used to be part of the estuary that came oh, in from yeah. the sea. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the boat would be made here and then they'd just drop them down the hill onto the estuary and they'd sort of disappear so it's a beautiful old building and it's got big double doors um upstairs that you can open to the world and i guess they would have dropped things out of there down to go down to the river so there's a ground floor and then the first floor so two floors and um so it's at the bottom of a very steep i mean for those who aren't in margate like it's a it's at the bottom of a rather of a, a hill steep enough to get you out of breath 
if you're walking at a fairly regular pace to the top. Um, so how high would the, do you know how high the estuary, or like the, the river, the stream would have been? I don't know. I don't I don't really know that much about it. But I know like sort of diagonally opposite, there's like a massive like car park and... Poundland? Um, pet stretcher, we call it. It's, it. Yeah, it's Poundland and Pet Hut, but we oh, yeah. call it Pet Stretcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but apparently when they were digging up the foundations of the building that was there before, which is the bowling alley, they found all the old sort of pontoons and stuff from oh, the old wow. estuary. Um, and also somebody told me a bit more history that in the 70s, the council had plans drawn up to flood the whole of the old town and turn Whoa. it into a marina like the one in oh. Ramsgate. Oh, um, Which would, it looked incredible. The plans looked amazing. I think it was the guy from the Margate Museum that told me and showed me the plans. And when when were they proposing to... to... Well, this was in like the 70s. So, you know, oh. to, so to me, really not that long ago. Um, but um, incredible. I mean, I'm glad they didn't in some ways because the yeah. old town is fantastic. Yeah. But the marina also looked quite impressive. So Wow. I had no idea. So, so oh, hmm, I've got so many questions. So, so where the, the pet stretcher, pound stretcher, pet land, wherever it is. So that used to be a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. And then here, Joseph Wales used to be a boat builder. And then so from then on, what what happens after the boat well, I think, building? I mean, I haven't got every sort of, every person that's ever been here, but mm. there's there's been various different businesses. So Joseph Wales, he was a builder's merchant. I was going to ask you this because I looked up who Joseph Wales was. I had two results. One is, uh, how do you pronounce this? An ichthyologist from Iowa, which is a fish scientist. Oh, really? The other entry is an actor in Dirty Dating Service Parts 1 and 2. So good they made a sequel. Clearly not either of those. No. Okay. Not that I'm aware of. Right. The Joseph Wells I know of, he was a builder's merchant. Right. So he had his business here. And the site, well, that's that's why it's called Joseph Wells. Because when I was here for in the building for quite a few years... And the sign outside always said Dugdale Plastics, which was the name of the business that was here before me. Yeah. But you could always see something glinting, like, behind their sort of sign. It was like a painted sign, and you could just always see, like, some sort of glinting. And for years I kept thinking, I must get up there and find out what's behind that painted sign. And so I think about 18 months ago, I got up there one winter and started scraping away 50 years of paint Uh, well the woman that lives opposite she's been there for like 49 years she'd never seen what was there yeah so i was up the ladder and it was like minus five (laughs) and it was blowing a hoolie but i was determined and i got up there with my little scraper it was what it was minus five blowing a A hoolie what's that (laughs) it was very windy blowing a hoolie where's that come from You must have heard blowing a hoolie. No, and and yesterday, because I'm I'm on this at the moment of recording, I'm on this beginner's pottery course in clay space, and Bridget from clay space said something about, oh, even yeah, a blind man on a galloping horse could see that. <laughs> what? What's that? <laughs> I've never heard that. It's, it's been like two days of language revelations. To me. <laughs> okay, so it's blowing a hoolie. So it's blowing a hoolie. Right. So I'm up the ladder, scraping away fifty years worth of paint 
and we came across. I mean, I was, I was, I knew it was going to be a, a, night, a name of the building, and I was just hoping it was going to be a really good name, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. like you know, Mister Codface or something like that. It was just <laughs> like, what's his name going to be? Yeah. So it took a good couple of days just to scrape the actual name bit off, and it was Joseph Wales. Ah, okay. So that's the sign that's outside now, revealed to the world after all that time under paint. So that's the that's the sign, the original. Yeah, and so that that sign's over a hundred years old. Wow, amazing! Um, and I'm glad it was like a good name because yeah, yeah. you know I wanted to call the building that. And it's like it's testament to the you know the person who was here originally. It's like a you know like carrying the name on kind of thing. Exactly, and it's a really I mean it's a really fancy sign. If anybody comes and sees it, it is beautiful. Um, it's sort of gold leaf on glass. Yeah, real traditional. Real like, traditional and. The sign writer that came and did our modern day signing, Andrew Hudson from Hermetic Signs, oh, he yeah, yeah. he did the research. He did some research on it because he thought it was amazing, and he found out that Joseph Wales' son was a fancy pants sign writer ah. at the time, and that's why his dad, a backstreet builders merchants in Margate, had such a glorious sign. Yeah, because his son, you know. Did the biz for him. Oh, it makes sense. And did he do any others? Do you know if he did any other signs in Margate? I don't know. We don't know. Right, no. Right, right. Somebody came, another sign writer came a couple of months ago and he showed me a sign in London, a London gunsmith. I can't remember the name, mm. but it looks very, very similar yeah. um, to, to this one. So, you know, it could have been that, that could have been the same yeah. guy. Yeah, I often wondered about that sign because it's like, it could be done with that sort of retro look recently or it could be, it's like a sort of antique sign, like from you know however long ago, and then so so we've got the boat makers, and then what came after that was it? So we're not we're not quite sure of it, but I know it also has been a seaside rock factory that you know the Margate Rock. Oh, that's all like the candy. Yeah, candy cane. yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, and apparently, because um, there's an alleyway that runs down the side of the building, and it used to have kind of big floor to ceiling windows yeah. and all the local children would come and like stare in through the windows uh, and get given bits of broken seaside rock <laughs> um which i thought was lovely yeah so it, it could have feasibly sort of continued on being a rock factory because that's like a seaside tradition. Well, I mean, yeah could've... now you just think they'd probably make a fortune but, yeah um well say that i mean it's not the healthiest option is it but for a, a sort of tourist but it's traditional tourism. yeah that's true but there's another story about the building as well. Um, they rented out the top floor, where now we've got three amazing Savile Row tailors. But that room was hired out um, from one of the owners here. And when I first came to see the building, there was lots of, like, looked like paint on the floor. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, maybe it was an artist studios or something in the past. But it turned out they were counterfeiters <laughs> and they had printing presses up here and they'd been they it wasn't counterfeiting money but i think it was counterfeiting like bonds and stocks and yeah okay. you know those sorts of things so that's where the sort of ink had come from ah, criminal underworld <laughs> yeah so there's there's loads of lovely little stories about the building yeah it definitely it, you can tell there's a lot of history like in you know the room we're sitting in here like beams in the ceiling it's like you sort of wonder what they've seen and heard over the years well it's, it's like i think there's been so many additions to the building as well i think downstairs yeah. In what was like a shop sort of space, I mean, I think that was uncovered at one point. That was probably like a 
uh, courtyard for horses, you know, like right. the, to, to sort of wheel the horses in. Yeah. But that's been built over and now it's like an enclosed space. So yeah. we're trying to do anything in this building, like wiring or any kind of building, <laughs> yeah, work, yeah. it's just a nightmare because you just, there's just so many additions from different people and it's like, you know. Yeah, so if you cracked open the fuse box, be like, what, what do they do here? Oh. What, what's going on? <laughs> Madness. Where so, does that wire lead? Yeah. It's like, what's it for? Is it an important one? Well, yeah, what am I turning <laughs> off and on here? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, that, it's fortunate that you're a handy woman. You're you know, good, with, good with your hands, good with the crafty side of things. Because like, if things go wrong, then you know, you're, you're equipped to... I'll give it a go. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm no expert. <laughs> I mean, what, what state was it in when when you sort of came to be a part of it like so you had the ink on the or the paint on the floor upstairs like was it just the big kind of empty box here when you came to look at it no it was um my landlord my current landlord he had his business here and it was an injection molding plastics factory and so there's lots of big industrial machinery big heavy one-ton machines sort of dotted around the building Mm -hmm. that would become sort of obsolete to his business but he kind of left here and when we first came here we only had a tiny tiny little space downstairs you know um i don't know 20 foot square something like that um and then just gradually sort of expanded into the rest of the building and then from then on you what did you see in it like at that point like did you sort of instantly have a vision or were you just sort of did you just sort of think of it as like okay we'll we'll work out what to do with this space well, initially, we, we needed to find somewhere really quickly because we'd been evicted from our last building um, and we had um, a furniture restoration bu- business. Um, so we needed to find somewhere quickly. And Mark, my business partner at the time, he'd spotted this building and it looked empty. Um, and so we tracked down who the owner was and gave him a ring and said, yeah. you know, we'd really like to come and have a look at your building. And it, I guess it didn't... It's so when buildings are empty here it's not like they have a massive for sale sign outside it's like you have to do a bit of digging don't you absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. no it wasn't for you know advertised for rent or anything mm. so we tracked we talked to some of the neighbors here and found out who owned it and tracked him down um and he was amazing he showed us the space and then we said is there any chance we can move in like tomorrow (laughs) and he was like sure how are you fixed in the next hour (laughs) so um incredibly we we moved everything lock stock and barrel and we're in within like a day or so which was very good for us amazing work so how much did you have to move you said you it was a uh, furniture upholstery what was it it was furniture restoration Restoration, so we were doing kind of like for the local sort of antiques trade and we were doing like French polishing and yeah. furniture repairs and uh, things. So we had to just move and we had furniture as well. So yeah, yeah. the sort of the tools of that trade yeah. um, over here. Obviously it's not a furniture restoration space now. So in, in that time, so I take it your, your partner has kind of moved on to other uh, other yeah, areas yeah. perhaps like so he's, he's not so much to do with no no that yeah no he, he sort of moved on yeah and the, we kind of I was kind of left them with a big big building yeah full of broken furniture <laughs> <laughs> which only a furniture restorer would want so it's not that easy to get rid of you know yeah several tons worth of broken furniture that quickly a building full of handy person's dreams yeah basically. so funnily enough not many people wanted to <laughs> buy it so it took a good you know six seven months just to empty the building of the yeah. sort of the business that we had 
So and, what what yeah. what came of what became of all those items? Well, I had one of those never-ending closing down sales that you <laughs> so often see. Last day, uh, next yeah. day, last day. So that lasted for quite some time, and then when it was sort of it we're down to the last kind of knockings, it's like there's still a hell of a lot of stuff here. Yeah, I just boxed it all up and took it up to Petman's auction house in Margate and just said, please get rid of this. (laughs) And I really don't want anything back. So if it doesn't sell, just don't call me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so that was good. But I am, I am quite a hoarder myself. So to be honest, I did, I did keep quite a lot of stuff as well that I thought might come in useful. You never know. (laughs) Is is the semi hoarded stuff? Is that back at your place, or is it still here? Or? No, there's some of it's still here. But I mean, the people that have come in to the building subsequently have helped me enormously yeah. in getting rid of stuff. They've they've helped me be quite ruthless, you know, and yeah. just saying, Heidi, you really, really don't need to hold on to that, <laughs> it, it, yeah. that three legged cat with one <laughs> eye stuffed. In, you know, it's kind of this stuff is not but one day I needed. Might need that so, but yeah. no, I did. I did hold on to it as much as I could. Yeah, um, it takes it takes an external body of people to come and say you don't need that. You don't need that. What are you doing? Like I've I've had that in my life before for sure. I can relate. Well, like bits of wood. It's just like I had so many bits of wood, and it was just like of yeah. all shapes, sizes, makes, colours, and it's just like, but they're bits of wood. They might come in useful. <laughs> it's like, please let me keep the wood. They're like it's almost sort of like stray thoughts. It's like those little bits of wood and little bits of furniture. They're almost like that's a, a thought because like that could come into a bigger plan down the line or like because the place is so sort of almost like handmade so like yeah but these are all things that <laughs> like one day the perfect assembly will come to light and then i'll be laughing and <laughs> well i think also as well because i didn't quite know what i was going to do yeah. after the sort of the the restoration business when i and i just thought well i might you know, because I don't know what I'm going to do, I don't really know what to keep, you yeah, know. Yeah. I might sort of start up doing a bit more restoration. So in that case, I'll need all these tools and materials and bits of wood. Yeah. So it's like options. It's options, yeah. yeah. And also, I'm incredibly poor, <laughs> you know. I don't really have, and I didn't, especially then, have any money, any capital. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, I can't afford to buy anything else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I need to keep all these resources, yeah. you know, in case I do need them. Of course, yeah, yeah. The path from then on, so you've gotten rid of as much furniture as you can, personal, sentimental items aside. And then what's the process from there? Like, how did you sort of, did you start working on your own projects or did you sort of start trying to look for people to put on exhibitions or like, what was the, what was the process? I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I didn't have a plan. Um, It wasn't like, this isn't oh, this is going to be my dream business. I found a building. I'm going to build this dream that I've had. This whole endeavour was built on necessity. You know, I had to find something to do to keep me and my children alive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I had all that stuff in the building, so I couldn't go and get a job and just leave this. You know, this had to be dealt with and this had to be managed. So it was kind of, it was organic. It kind of just things fell into place. So lots of people that knew me from when the other business was here were always asking, what are you going to do with the space? What's going to happen here? And then a couple of lovely customers that had 
bought stuff from me before said they were quite interested in having a space in the building, mm. um, a creative space. Paul, he's a tailor, a designer. Right. Um, and Sam, she wanted um, a creative space to work as well. So I said, well, great, you know, you can have one of the spaces here. Let's let's make that happen. Yeah. So yeah. they were the sort of first people that came to the building um, and wanted to be here. And it's kind of just grown from them, really. Yeah. Are they still here? Um, Paul's still here. One thing we always joke about, you, you're not really a Joseph Wales tenant unless you've been in at least three spaces in the yeah. building. <laughs> so he started in in this room that we're sitting in now. He was... We were upstairs, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He started in here. Um, but he's now moved into the much larger space next door upstairs. Yeah. yeah. And he's now joined by two other tailors as well. So we've oh. got... Real tailor's row. A real sweatshop yeah, yeah. <laughs> going on up there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a peek in there. It's like, it's... Because in the, in the times I've seen the building, it's been just very open spaces. And upstairs now, it's all... It's it's like a full-on, like a little factory in there. And then to downstairs, which brings me on to the other element of Joseph I was going to talk about. So, like, you've got this insane exhibition that at the time we're recording this. It's the... It's, Called Want Some? Want Some, it might be shite, it Mm -hmm. may be magic. Yeah, well at the moment it's looking quite magical. So the guys downstairs, is it Mark and Alan? Yeah, Mark Hampson and Alan Laffey. Right, so yeah, they've like completely transformed that big open room. So Joseph Wales at the moment, the the ground floor is kind of in two halves-ish, isn't it? Yeah. So like the, the bigger half, two thirds or something... So they've transformed that into like a, a, a mini full on gallery right now. Tell me about this exhibition. And also like how did you how did you come into contact with those those guys as well? Well, because I've had the exhibition space running now for well it says April twenty eighteen. Yeah. So we've had like several different exhibitions. And Mark he lives in Broadstairs, which is next town to Margate. Mm-hmm. Um, but he works at the Royal Academy in their print department. So he teaches the print processes and things like that. So he'd been to the space, I think, or heard about the space before from previous exhibitions yeah. and wanted to come and have a look because he wanted to put on a show at some point. So the reputation of Joseph Wales is, is kind of broad, right? It's getting out there, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm always surprised because I'm kind of, quite locked in here i'm kind of yeah you know I, I'm, I'm either at work yeah working or i'm at home with the kids i don't really get out much myself yeah. and, and you're not out there like spreading the word like i'm not i'm not a like, kind yeah. of schmoozy marketing type person no <laughs> i don't kind of i don't well, I don't have time for that but it's yeah, yeah. not me either so i'm always really surprised when i do go out and talk to people and say oh you know i've got joseph well student oh yeah i i know that place or i've been to an yeah. exhibition there or i've been to a market there or it you must know. be nice to like it must be really sort of refreshing to hear like i mean not not like validating but like if you hear from somebody else like oh yeah i know joseph Wells, i love it it must be really it's so nice for you to hear that as well like it is, confirmation it is it's, it's lovely it's and it good. but it is really quite it does shock me as well. Um, and I think yeah. because I'm kind of been so in here, just doing it and just getting the building ready and yeah. working, you know, every time I've worked, you know, finished one space, I just move on to clear and get the next space ready for yeah, somebody else. Yeah, yeah. But I don't really look back and see where it started or where it's come from. Yeah. I kind of just, 
I'm in the now always, I think, yeah. just dealing with what's happening now. I don't really look back and say where it's come from, but but other people do. And, you know, they sort of reflect that back and come in and say, oh my God, this is amazing, you yeah. know, what what's happened here. I suppose also, like, to to people who've seen all the exhibitions, it's like they, they just know Joseph Wales is a... It's like a, a spot where they've seen a lot of exhibitions, but then to the people who've put them on, to them, it's like, oh, that, like I remember that exhibition I did. That was amazing. So whatever they say to people will be like a glowing review of it, I'm, I'm sure. So there's all these little kind of recommendation bubbles happening by previous exhibition. Yeah. Exhibitioners, exhibitioners. Exhibitionists. Exhibitionists, um, exhibitionists. <laughs> exactly. It's, there's this slow kind of spread of the Joseph Wales word. It's really cool. So Mark had heard of Joseph Wales, came to have a look around it, and then saw obviously saw the potential. And then so what's the process there? Like, does he he gets in contact with Heidi Rogers? Yeah, he comes. Yeah, he he got into. I think like the beginning of this year, I think he first came and had a look around, and obviously he saw the space, and then he, I don't know if he had the idea for his show before he saw the space but yeah. obviously he saw the space and so it's a very site specific installation that he's made um yeah. you know working with the, the the space it's kind of they call it like an arcade style installation um and to to my mind it's that it's the ma- the biggest transformation of that space i've seen mm. you know look yeah. you know, i've had quite a few exhibitions here now but this is this one is absolutely incredible and it's yeah, really it's, gone very, to it's, town it's, it's it? really gone to town. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the most professional looking thing <laughs> that I've seen. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, yeah, because I was lucky enough to have a little sort of private view kind of by default because nobody's supposed to see it and I got here early. So, yeah, I had a look at it and it, yeah, it is, it's astonishing. It's like it's a real, um, it's it really shows the potential because it's like they came here and they're like, oh, we could do that there, we could do that there, and then the work could go here, and yeah, they can imagine them sort of rubbing their hands together, like, ah, oh, yeah, this is going to be a good. Okay, so it looks like we're about halfway through the podcast at this point, so I'm going to just put a little pause in the middle here, as occasionally we have to put some adverts in there, and um. I want to just sort of leave a nice little space for that to happen. So here is that, and we will return to the podcast directly after. See you soon. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I mean, you must have had similar thoughts like when you got here. Like you must have seen a lot of potential for what it could become. I mean, are you, I should really get onto your background because I was going to ask about like would you exhibit things here yourself? Like, are you are you artistic like that? Or like, no, I'm not an artist. I've always every job though that I've ever had. I mean, I love art. I mean, I'm absolutely passionate about yeah, art. Clearly. Um, and every job that I've ever had, being as you know, working with young people at risk or working with drug and alcohol services, I've always incorporated an element of arts practice into that. So when I was working with young people at risk, um, primarily we were running outdoor education courses like climbing and canoeing and abseiling, but using that as like a tool for confidence building and team building. But um, to develop that as well. And also not everybody wants to go climbing Mount Snowden every week to build (laughs) their confidence. And it's not that practical for most people. So um, this was up in Chatham. So we we got some funding to build a recording studio. So we handed that over to the sort of young people um, and they could make music there. And we had lessons, you know, musical lessons. When when, when about was this? This was probably back in the 1980s. Oh, okay, uh, so I'm, was, I'm very old. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't asking your age, but so I mean, it, it's it's interesting because I mean, for me, well, I mean, even like putting together a music studio now would be a bit tricky. But I feel like back in the '80s, like it was, I, I can't even imagine where you'd start. Cause it's so a lot of these sort of things you'd have in a studio they they weren't that available to consumers really back then. I feel like it was quite an esoteric field. So did the kids take to it absolutely yeah yeah yeah. and I think I think that's what I mean I'm I'm passionate about art and about about how it can transform people and how you know artists work I mean I love being surrounded by artists because I love the way they think and the way Mm. they see the world and I think it gives people an you know a, a chance to express themselves that they don't necessarily get in everyday life and doing mundane boring jobs that they might absolutely hate but they've got this passion and they've got this vision and I I kind of like to give people those opportunities to to show that in whatever work I've done yeah um when I worked at I worked for locally I worked in drug and alcohol services for a few years as well and um that was a European funded project Mm -hmm. called Europe and I introduced arts into that as well We, we started a day program for people that were withdrawing from drugs and alcohol right, right and so they could come in every day and we would have art therapy sessions and we would have massage holistic therapies oh. you know all just beautiful stuff you know just to help yeah. people express themselves and feel good about themselves it sounds um, like it's a very sort of modern margate approach because i feel like there's a lot of that happening in in different 
place like in individual spots so like the the healing element happens independently and then you got the art side and i feel like yeah you you were sort of involved in something where a lot of those elements you see in margate now mm. were sort of meeting in the same spot absolutely there's some great new um initiatives that are in margate at the moment working with young people and it is it's doing just that it's like you know people that don't necessarily fit into traditional ways of learning or you know being at school you know they can express themselves creatively yeah and it's also like giving them permission to experience the importance of that and it's like i guess in the conventional education system i mean this is quite broad strokes but like maybe art isn't so much of a consideration or like it can kind of get overlooked a bit i think absolutely yeah Yeah. i'm being tentative because i don't i don't want to sort of i don't know enough about it to be honest i'm just sort of what i feel like is that art is given short shrift sometimes or it's like the first thing to go absolutely and i think in a lot of you know a lot of the recent sort of government's policies around education i don't know loads about it as well but Mm. from what i've seen from my personal experience of having kids at school is that arts isn't you know very well thought of and it does get dropped and i think that's a shame you know because we all need artists in our life you know even if you don't realize it you know the products that you buy you know they've been created by somebody and the packaging that it comes in have been created by somebody you know everything the music you hear on your adverts on the telly is somebody's you know so yeah. you need to, people need to know how to do these things. They need to be encouraged to do them. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, yeah, even like walking the streets and you now the, the really subtle like architecture and design of street signs and things like that. I mean, if, if you look into anything, there's going to be artistry in it. With Absolutely. Like, be it pen to paper or like handiwork stuff. So yeah, it's, it's definitely it's such a crucial thing. And also like the idea of creation just for the sake of it as well like mm. I, I think that's so important because i mean for instance like I, I spent a couple of years in in laos like me and my girlfriend were out there for a little bit and while it's an incredibly beautiful place you don't find a lot of just random art it's quite functional so like you might have um i mean if there is art it's a it's it might be like a buddhist shrine which is you know, it's gorgeous or like it might be a statue of somebody but there's not just like a random sculpture mm. You know, the Anthony Gormley guy in the sea or anything like that. There's not a lot of not a lot of public art or no, no, no just, not not really. Yeah. And and there's there's not a lot of um, you know, just just like the spirit of create creation is sort of it manifests quite differently out there. And like so, when we came back to the UK, you sort of you re- we were so in tune to just creation and design and like you know, it's like oh yeah, we should start really going into galleries more and like engaging in art because it's so like we we felt a bit starved for it and. I feel like yeah, in the UK, it's more free flowing than we than we realise, or or there are more opportunities to find it. Yeah, well, I think one of the most incredible things that has happened to Margate in recent years is the Turner Contemporary. Um, yeah, which yeah, is definitely. you know it, it was quite controversial at the time, and it still is in lots of different locales in the area. You know, there's really strong views for and against it, yeah. but there's no doubt that it, you know that was the real catalyst that's changed Margate into the sort of creative hub i hate that word but that's that's what it's become you know it's 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 drawn a lot more people in and a lot of people are here now because of that building and because of the vision they had yeah, to put yeah. that art gallery here yeah and yeah it's showing that there's a reason to have like this massive building which its function is to display and exhibit art and so it's it's entirely valid and it's very important 
So, yeah, yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm an art lover. I love it. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm very privileged to have this space and to have the opportunity to be surrounded by the amazingly creative people that have come here now yeah, yeah. in this building. Um, both as like studio holders and the exhibition space. I'm getting fed art every day from yeah, all yeah. directions. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming to you like, yeah, all the time. Yeah. In the history of exhibitions and, and shows and, and uses of, of this place, like what have you got sort of any personal favourites or like sort of Ooh, memories of them? Or? I couldn't, I don't know. I, can't, I don't know. I take something from every show that's been here. Yeah. I learn something from every show that's been here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think as well as the actual, the, the made art, I learn from the people, you know, that make the art or display the art. You know, I think that's kind of, my, my other interest is people. You know, I love people. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, we're also very, very different. And I just love to see how they have expressed themselves yeah in that space so i i don't, I don't think i particularly have a favorite you know because every every one of them is different and yeah. it brings something different to this space um yeah and it reveals something something new to you every time with every every use of it you're you're seeing what it can be used for and then you're also seeing a reaction of people who engage in it as well i mean it's not a gallery in the sense that there's always work hanging here and you know we sell that work you know it's it, it's a space that i give over to people for them to make their own for yeah. them to create yeah. you know i there's it, I don't have rules. It's like that that space is yours. You can do whatever you like in that space. You can drill holes in the wall. You can hang things from the pipes that that are still there. You know, that space is yours. And that's like, it's like a massive gift to me. Every every time there's an exhibition, it's just like, wow. You know, look what what these people have done. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like a massive artist playground. must be so much fun to like, I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine picking on an exhibition or anything, but like a, like a blank canvas approach to it is so inspiring. And it's just uh, to me as well, because the, it wasn't this, you know, Joseph Wells Studios, it wasn't kind of like a dream of mine. It wasn't like I'm going to sit out and build this place and have these studio holders and have these exhibitions. It was born kind of out of necessity. It was kind of, mm-hmm. I needed, I love this building and I loved working in this building and I didn't want to lose it. And so it was kind of like, how how can I stay here and keep this building working? Because yeah. um, I, I want to stay here. I want to be in it. And so the way it sort of developed is just, it's, it's organic. It's just grown, you know, from different people that have come in and different ideas that they've bought. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't really see myself as I, I own this building or I own this business. It's kind of like... It's a business built up of everybody that's here or everybody that's ever been here. Mm. It's it's their business as much as it is mine. You know, it's you're their like space. A, a conduit kind of thing. Like mm. you're sort of like letting these paths take place and like letting these opportunities happen. And it but it's also cool because it's like it came from a place of you had to find a way to look after yourself, but in doing that you've you know, you, you found a way to make that living but in a very communal community driven I don't actually make a living out of this building yeah Yeah, I mean that's kind of an an ambition one day I would like to and I think because I'm I'm kind of you know a a lot of the artists and studio holders and stuff they don't have a lot of money either you know we're all in the same boat Mm. you know 
there isn't, you know, I don't know in my sort of circle, a wealthy artist, you know, I know there are them out there, but mm. the ones that I know, we're not, we're all just, you know, people are just trying to do their art, but they've all got other jobs as well. You know, I think yeah. pretty much everyone here, not everyone, but a lot of them, you know, they're artists, but they also work in cafes or restaurants or, yeah, you know, yeah. they do other things to help them be able to, you know, create their art. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm in the same boat in lots of ways. You know, I, I want to be in this building. I want this freedom that this place gives me. I mean, I've got two young children. You know, they're my priority. That's what I need to take care of. Mm. And so I need to find a way to do that. And I also have, like, my mum. I've got my mum is like, 89, and she's got Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm. And so she's gone through a lot of struggles herself the last couple of years that I've had to be a part of as well. Yeah. So I needed to be... I need to have that freedom to sort of react to the needs of, you know, my family yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and so this having this space has given me that as well. You know, yeah. I can run it and and run my life. Yeah. Alongside it. And and also like you're, you know, in in dealing with the sort of day to day good times and bad times of of your personal life, like you're being sort of given that art input and injection that you know like in the past you've supplied that to younger people too so like you're you're getting the benefits of these of this sort of constant art input into your life so yeah. like that that's helping you as well like that's sort of like giving you that inspiration Absolutely. i mean i could i could i could have given this place up quite easily and gone and got a job you mm. know but i'm not particularly skilled in anything and so it probably would have been a minimum wage job and I would have had to be there for like 40 hours a week. And yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of just wouldn't have worked for me. It wouldn't have hurt, worked for me spiritually. You know, yeah. it wouldn't have kept me going. But also, you know, I don't, as, as I don't earn a living out of this place yet. Um, but that's not the most important thing, mm. you know, at all. Otherwise, I could have just left and gone and, and done that. Two things you mentioned that have come up time and time again on these on these conversations a the the thing about making a living that's often more often than not that's not the, the actually that's not the driving impetus for for running a business uh b the, the the whole thing about sort of not having a plan as well those those two things of i feel like that's the that's like a real kind of spirit of the town it's it's for the love and there's a bit of a let's just be open to the magic along the way like let's see what happens kind of thing mm. and and it, it's sort of like a creative experiment a lot of these a lot of these places around I'd, here. I'd I agree with that absolutely it's kind of yeah there there is no plan um which I kind of like in lots of ways yeah. it's kind of like let's see what happens and you know, yeah, yeah. You, you you meet lots of different people and you get these different little ideas and you say, oh, that's, that's interesting. I wonder if that would work, you know, here. I wonder if we could do that here. And Yeah, it's very responsive and reactive. Mm. Yeah. Probably not very responsible, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Like, it, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely like that spirit of, you know, responding to, okay, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's go ahead. And in keeping with, like, the freedom of this place, it's like I feel like that, that freedom of sort of changing paths maybe halfway like down the line or splintering off into another area of of business or like your plan so I feel like that there's a real permission for that in Margate Mm, absolutely yeah definitely experience that in in talking to people so on your regularly updated Instagram feed 
you put up a photo of the road being closed due to Turner Prize exhibitions going on for the rest of the year Well, it's got... Um, because we've got the Turner Prize coming to Margate to Turner mm. Contemporary um, this autumn, the exhibition space um, at Joseph Wales has been fully booked. Yeah. So there's exhibitions running now from September right through to the end of the year, which is amazing yeah. um, for me. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it hasn't happened before. Um, so I'm really excited. And they're all really interesting shows. They're all, I think as well, people that I haven't seen exhibit locally before. And so for me, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's yeah. going to be an absolute, you know, variety of wonderful things happening here yeah. for the next few months. You know, you say like there's people who haven't exhibited before. How do you feel the reaction's going to be to those those artists? Well, I think now, I think people have come to expect Joseph Wells to put on a show. You know, I think... There, there is a you know a level of understanding now that you know we we put on good quality shows here yeah, yeah um and so i think you know people will be looking forward to coming to see you know the new stuff and and seeing what we do here yeah yeah how do you feel about the turner prize being in margate this year i can't believe it i think it's <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable um and i'm really really pleased for the turner contemporary you yeah. know, to have landed that is amazing because they haven't been open that long and they're how long not... has it been open so far i don't know i should know because i started working there when it first opened oh you did oh. um but i'm not i don't really do memory or <laughs> 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 like you know That's I, right, I guess, but um good few it must years be, it must be eight years something yeah yeah do know i was there for three years and i don't oh. think i've been there for about five years so okay. something like that yeah, but, yeah, yeah no i think it's incredible and amazing yeah. Um, and it's just ignited the creative community in Margate like I've yeah. never seen. There is so much going on everywhere in Margate over the next few months. Yeah. Um, there's the Margate Festival as well running alongside the Turner Prize. Yeah. Um, and so there's, a, you know, a billion different events going on insane, associated with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. As a person living here, there's like, you, it's just too much going on. It's like you can't spread yourself thin enough to like well and to, to me and to me that's incredible i mean i yeah. i'm from here you know i grew up um i was born you know locally yeah um, where were you born um i was born in ramsgate hospital which oh, isn't there yeah. anymore it's now flats but um, oh, really oh. beautiful flats but <laughs> yeah um so for me to see the transformation i mean when i was growing up here you know i didn't even know about art <laughs> It's, you know, it wasn't yeah. a thing. But now, you know, there is plenty of them. You know, there's the, the arts, you know, has really grown in this area. Yeah. And I think it can only be a good thing for the young people that live here. I mean, I remember, you know, you couldn't have got a job in the creative industry, really, in this area when I was growing up. It, they just, it just didn't exist, mm. you know. So anybody that wanted to do that would have had to leave yeah, and, and yeah. move to London. You yeah. know, obviously, it was not that far away, but, you know, you wouldn't have had those opportunities down here. But now there are, you know, loads of really great creative businesses. Yeah, and I definitely feel like it's more of a destination for creativity here as well. Like, as, you know, people, or well, I mean, even down to just, you know, being able to work remotely, like what a beautiful place to work remotely from mm. like it's 
it's completely perfect. I think yeah. a lot of people do get a shock though, because um, it's Margate's a very different place in the winter. Yeah, it is yeah. in the summer, and yeah. I think you know people I think get quite a shock if they've moved down in sort of June. Yeah, and then it then March hits them like the following March, yeah, and it's like yeah. the bitter east cold wind, and yeah. the streets are empty. What have and, I done? You know, it's like why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've, I was always told like, yeah, if you can survive survive your first winter, you'll be all right. And yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. It's like I again, you know, I don't want to go back to me too much, but like you're talking about living in Laos, like. In Laos, you get the time I was there. I think we experienced perhaps two slight drops in temperature. Where you put a jumper on in the morning, but other than that, it's like a mono season. It's like permanent summer, forty degrees every day or whatever. Wow, it was rough. And then coming back here, it was like you know, oh, winds. Oh god, this is great. I can put on a coat. I can dress <laughs> up. I can wear my long johns. I can put a scarf on. Just like. <laughs> Just experiencing cold weather was so good. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well into winter. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I miss the seasons. I've lived in hot countries before as well. And where, have you, where have you lived before? I lived in Miami for a year. All right. In the eighties, peak yeah. Miami. Yeah. Um, oh, so Miami it, time era. Yeah, yeah, but it was, um, and but I miss the seasons. I miss that those changes, and yeah. I don't think I could live anywhere else now that didn't have those seasonal changes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely coming from the UK, you you have nothing but dynamics and weather. So, yeah, you go somewhere else where it's just like permanent summer. It's kind of, on paper it's cool, but uh, no, I feel like I need I need some something to complain about. Or exactly. Something to rub up We're against. Just like, yeah, we need something to talk about. We're British. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's sunny again. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what am I going to do for small talk now? That's one thing as well. Like, here, I find... I don't mind, I've never minded talking about the weather. Like, people are kind of, you know, they treat it like small talk. But I think in Margate, it's, the weather is, by dint of the fact we live by the sea, like, the weather comes into play a lot. And it's very important, especially if you're going out sailing or, you know, if you're, like, in shipping or whatever. (laughs) So, like, the small talk of the weather, that's not small talk. That's quite big talk because it mm. it's it determines quite well, a lot of what we it do does. in our days. It's also quite important for the sort of economics of the town as well. Yeah. And I think some people that, that move down here, I don't think you really grasp that until you've lived through it a few seasons and see, yeah. you know, the absolute, you know, the change. So if you're trying to start a business in this area... And you come in the summer and the town is packed full of tourists and you yeah, know, the streets yeah. are full, the beaches are full, the shops, the cafes, the arcades are full. Yeah. And you think, my God, Boomtown, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can make a killing here you yeah. know, with all these people. You know, you need to actually come and have a look in January and February. Yeah. And it's a very different kettle of fish and you've got to cut your cloth accordingly you yeah. know, to, to make you. I mean, a lot of people do have to make their living in the summer to see them through the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a seasonal effect on Joseph Wales? Um, well, I haven't, you know, the actual exhibition space hasn't been going for that long. I haven't really got a lot of, you know, years to make comparisons yeah, with yeah, yet. Yeah. So, um, but surprisingly to me, the summer, which I thought would be like super busy and lots of people wanted to show, seems to have been a bit quieter mm-hmm. than the winter. But again, this year we've got the Turner Prize. So yeah. I, I don't know if this winter would have been as busy if that wasn't happening. Probably not, to be honest. Well, um, I feel like the busyness this year was, you know, like I've never seen the seaside that busy. Like, it, you, you know, you look from one end where you get a, a good vantage point of the beach and it's, you can't see the sand. I feel like any 
anyone coming into Margate would have they, they were just sort of going for the for the beach and like mm-hmm. uh, like perhaps art and exhibitions and a sort of cultural input like perhaps that wasn't like that high on the agenda I think well I think that's the that, that's the beauty of Margate though I think it's a real mixed bag so there is like yeah. beach day tripper holiday types but I think it it you know it has become quite a cultural destination as well yeah, yeah. Um, and with like you know another major gallery the Carl Friedman gallery opening as well yeah, right, right. um and also Tracy Emin has now moved back and she's going to have her new studio and gallery, I believe, here as well. Mm. You know, I think, you know, a lot more people will be coming to Margate for the beach and the sea, but also for the art. Yeah, I think. yeah. And also, I mean, even from a non-tourist point of view, I say tourist, I mean, anyone who's not from Margate, who's coming into Margate, it could be people from London. But like, it, it's really nice to see that these are places are opening up because it, it can then open up art to the locals as well because like it's not just a tourist thing it's for people who live here it's lovely to live here and then know that we've got so many galleries on our doorsteps like literally on our doorsteps like five minutes away mm. and it's really you know it's legit like it's very very high high quality art and, it, and it's sort of really you know it's it's inspiring and creative as as any you'd find in the world. So it's it's cool that it doesn't just cater to tourists and people from out of town. No. Like it's for us as well. It's for like, us, yeah. Yeah, that's huge. In terms of the place, the building itself, are there any elements that you you can see expanding or like? Oh, this do you think building it's, this is, is it. No, this is a work in progress. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there's always more to do. I mean, it's a very old building um, and with that comes all the problems of a very old building mm. that we have to overcome. But at, at the moment, I feel like it's it's a really nice point where you've you've got the space for exhibitions and you've got people who, who know where you are and at the moment it's like quite a nice mm. nice spot isn't it it is it's lovely and you know i get people contacting me like weekly saying is there any space at your place you know i'm looking for a studio yeah um have you got any more room for us and yeah, yeah. sadly we haven't at the moment you know we're we're pretty full i mean i've got one more space that i haven't really developed yet um, so that's on the cards um, for the next few months, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but two of the studio holders here as well. I mean, that's another great thing about having lots of different creatives in the building is that we all talk to each other and people talk to each other. Yeah, so yeah. Paul, one of the tailors here, and Ollie, who's an upholsterer, they're getting together and have taken one of the, another space together. Oh, well. And they're going to be opening a shop. Oh, downstairs yes. in the new year cool. um, as a sort of collaboration between the two of them which is going to be really quite exciting I'm not quite sure what they've got planned yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the tailor and the upholsterer but it's, <laughs> it's kind of quite an interesting collaboration yeah, so I'm really looking forward to seeing that yeah but the, the spaces have all been quite flexible so where Paul, Rachel and Leanne the tailors where they are I mean that space has been used for um, a photography studio so we were having natural light photo shoots and stuff in there yeah yeah and so you know different spaces in the building lend themselves to different things and yeah. we try out different things and as i say people move around the building a lot so they might start off in one place and then they think you know what 
somebody's moved from there. I'd like to try that space now and see what how that works yeah. for me. Yeah. So that's quite it's quite dynamic as well. Yeah. The building, yeah. It's like it, that's one thing. It is, actually, it's dynamic. It changes all the time. It's like have you read House of Leaves? No. Okay, it's this book where it's basically it's about this house that. The dimen- it's like a sort of ghost story, but like inside of the house, the dimensions keep changing. So like one time they might go downstairs and it, it just ends. And one time they might go downstairs and it, it sort of un- unravels into these catacombs that go on forever. It's, oh, amazing. Oh, I really want to yeah. read that. That sounds oh, brilliant. It's, it's horrifying. Like it's, <laughs> nothing really happens, but it's... Um, it's so spooky, but it, it feels like, well, without the spookiness, but like it feels like that's what you've got a bit of a house of leaves thing here. It's like oh, the dimensions absolutely. can keep changing. Well, that's it. You know, the, the, the shop space downstairs has already like had like several different, you know, lives, you know, yeah, even yeah. in the time I've been here, you yeah. know. And I just love that. I love that it's ever changing and yeah. and that people feel that they can, you know, try something out. And I think that's another kind of important thing about this space is it's affordable. I don't charge lots of money for people to be here. But, I, you know, there is so many people making and stuff. And you can't always afford a shop or a studio or a space. So that's where the markets came from, the art makers markets. Yeah, so you, you've been holding, like, regular makers fairs and markets, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we've done quite a few now. Yeah. And again, that's just like giving, like, creatives that haven't got like the time or the money or the energy to run a business or a shop, you know, they can have a little pitch here yeah. and sort of try, you know, try their stuff, see what people think. Yeah, many, many pop-up. And we also, you know, we had a, um, a fantastic guy came in a few times and did some DJing at these markets. Oh, that was it. like quite an interesting addition. Yeah. <laughs> you must, you must uh, tell, tell me more. Was he, was he like, was he super good? Was like, do you get, you must have had um, big crowds in for that guy. Right? <laughs> People were always very excited when they yeah, knew. <laughs> sounds, sounds, like a, sounds like a great guy. Yeah, no, that, that, was, that was super fun. You get good sound in here, actually. You had um, Valet Gnocchi playing once i remember yeah um, yeah as part of one of the exhibitions downstairs um it was called portraits of margate by an photographer yes. caroline dial and she'd taken some Love fantastic that. pictures of the local margate community and different people and she'd taken fally's portrait uh, it was a beautiful image that was like the main image of the exhibition it was wasn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah. it yeah. was a really striking portrait yeah and so, and Fally is an amazing musician as well. And so she 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 asked him if he'd come and play yeah. during the exhibition and during the market. And yeah. So it was like a kind of a bit of everything going on that day. It was lovely. Uh, yeah, I think that that was the first time I'd heard him. It was amazing. Like, it was, he's he's so great, and I've seen him since as well. And it's like it, there's some parts where he, he tries to get like crowd response and. I feel like I've never seen that reach its full potential because it's like everyone's got that English kind of... Oh, like, that, that British reserve. Oh, my God, that's like... <laughs> me included. Yeah, no, but me. Yeah, it was like we're I'm all hopeless. Through. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I should be better from like going to hip-hop gigs. Everyone's like, yeah, everybody say ho. And it's like, um, if anyone, no one else is saying it, okay, I won't say it. Oh, God, it's hopeless. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you've got good acoustics, so perhaps even music events yeah. in the future possibly yeah you've had bands play here though haven't you or you've had sort of music I've had musicians, musicians. Yeah, yeah 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 so yeah quite often as part of people's exhibitions they'll, they'll have music and musicians yeah. alongside it which is again is great okay if let's say somebody has an idea for an exhibition and they feel hey joseph wales is the perfect venue for this and 
I can really make the most of this space they got in there, this this never-ending space. Like, what would be the approach? Like, would they get in touch with you? Yeah, or? yeah, just they can go onto my website. Which is? josephwales.co, or they can contact me on Instagram or through Facebook. So you, you're easily contactable. Find, contactable yeah. Well, yeah. they can just pop in, you know, if there's an exhibition going on. Yeah. Obviously come in and see if you can find me. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're super approachable too, so you're, you're, you're a very friendly presence here. So Awesome. Um, Heidi, anything you want to add? As you, you, you have the floor, you, you, may, you may speak freely. <laughs> you don't have to. What, what that is you... like kind of the worst question you could possibly ask. Save it to the end. Obviously, all the shutters <laughs> in my brain come crashing yeah. down like, when anybody puts me Heidi's on the spot like that. <laughs> um, it, what, uh, no, I just like things to say, you're excited no, for. I just like to say thank you for for coming and talking to me and giving me this opportunity. I was oh, absolutely really terrified. I hate 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 doing this sort of thing and talking about. Anything to do with me, basically. I love, I love other people. I love to talk to other people and find out about them. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. my interest and what that, what's going on for them. I hate it the other way around. No, but that so. that's that's like kind of my drug in a way because I get to do that and I get mm. to because I'm genuinely like everyone I've spoken to on this podcast has been it's it's either somebody I didn't know anything about before and I've got a chance to find out about them in their own words or people I've. I've, I know, and I, it's you know, it's really cool to find out more about us. Oh, right, you did that. Yeah, oh, cool. But um, also, like you're saying, like you're nervous and and whatnot. Again, a lot of people I've spoken to, like they haven't done a podcast before, they haven't recorded one before. And honestly, I feel like everyone's been great, and like I haven't had any problems with. Yeah, because this is new to me too. Like I'm not. This is the first podcast I've personally hosted. Not this one in particular, but Buddies Buddies. So. Honestly, like everyone's made it so easy for me, and you included. And it, yeah, it's been a real, real pleasure to to chat to you. Well, it's quite interesting for me as well because I kind of, I do listen to podcasts, but the only my kind of two go to podcast people are Blind Boy. Yes, <laughs> listening to him this morning. Oh yeah. my god, and um, and Russell Brand um, as well. And I kind of just like that's kind of my experience of podcasts. I'm like, oh, both of them are so good, and they're so funny, and they're just I'd, like I certainly rate myself up in the. the... <laughs> The, the the holy trinity of uh, podcasters <laughs> so you got blind boy russell brand and uh, i guess me you know <laughs> tag myself in that god that's, that's uh yeah tricky yeah like you've been spoiled basically like you've listened to like two of the biggest podcasts ever and now you're chatting to me and now i'm actually on one yeah no it's super cool um so yeah contact details as we were saying so yeah social media facebook twitter I am, but I don't really use Twitter. To be okay. honest, it's like life is so time-consuming as it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I should do it, I should do them all, but you know that—that's the thing. You know, when you run your own business, you there isn't like a whole host of departments of people. Mm. I haven't got a marketing department or a maintenance department, or, or even just like even talking to me because like you're or a it, PR it, department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, you know, again, like a lot of the people I've spoken to. That usually they're busy doing the thing I want to talk to them about. So yeah, it, that's why it's even more. I'm even more grateful because you right now I'm taking you away from running the Joseph Wales, which I'm talking to you about. So yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's, it's tricky having like sort of if you're the person behind it, like who do you get to run the social media and all this kind of stuff? So you have to really so you limit have to it, learn. Is, yeah, you have to learn. I learn all the time. Yeah, you're learning new things all the time. How to 
make this thing work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, Facebook, Instagram, website. Yep. Yep, that'll do it. Yep, that's it. Awesome. Thank you, Heidi. Lovely Thank to you. you. A pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. So, how about that? Uh, I hope that's got you encouraged and inspired for visiting or putting on an exhibition in the future. Um, always stuff going on there, so do go to the website. No fooling. Uh, there's stuff that pops up and you blink and then it's gone. Um, don't don't be a sucker and miss out because it's great and it's free as well so unless you don't live here which is in this case it's fair enough but there's no real excuse to miss out on this stuff it's it's just there you know and it's really worth going and getting inspired there's nothing but potential for inspiration there trust me yeah so as i say hope you enjoyed that i enjoyed myself heidi's awesome she's very very friendly and generous person and um as always uh i'm very grateful for time given to this chat and all chats on the buddies buddies podcast contact joseph wales on uh i believe on instagram is at underscore joseph wales underscore cheeky little underscores getting in everywhere aren't they and then um on the website is josephwales.co uh that's not me forgetting how to say code.uk it is dot co news from me well keep in touch um that's not really news is it that's just a statement keep in touch with me on uh, instagram i am at buddy underscore peace there you go another underscore for y'all and um buddypeace.com got a ton of music on buddypeace.bandcamp.com that is mostly free of charge but there's a few paid for bits yeah, have a little snoop around there. Some some goodies, I'd say. And um, I'm also on Patreon if you want to hit me up there too. There's a few tiers where you can buy a few like handmade bits and pieces from me. Um, and yeah, in other news as well, uh, I should let you know that Mrs. Peace and I have kind of kick-started this uh, Margate Urban Sketches group as well. So if you're in the least bit inclined for some communal sketching fun and uh drawing whatever your ability level is seriously i can't state that enough whatever your ability is don't matter just get in touch um it's a really nice sort of contained unit of time where you can sketch with other people and uh yeah it's just it's really it's really good vibes and we we try and pick pretty local places in margate so um definitely get in touch if if you want to uh join some very friendly and encouraging people for a positive sketching experience uh we are on margate urban sketches on instagram um or just give us a shout on on my details if you want uh buddy underscore peace if you want to uh just wanted to tell you that because it's a lot of fun i can't stress how dark it is now uh the sea has literally switched off the lights i'm left with a boat or two a couple of lights from behind me uh, I think I can make my way back. I've got a phone torch, I should be right. You know what, don't worry about me, I'll be fine. Seriously, I'll be okay. Time marches on. I need to get this intro chopped up and polished and added onto the intro and outro to the podcast. So in lieu of that, I'm going to say peace for now. See you soon. Big ups from an incredibly quiet Margate Beach. 
this is a really it's so quiet I was going to say can you hear how quiet it is that's a bit of a silly thing to say isn't it but I mean really there's no sound apart from me talking okay that's a good spot to end I think so catch you next time hope you've enjoyed I promised you I wouldn't be able to keep it short and I think I made good on that promise so um, yeah big ups salutes uh, speak to you soon much love peace planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.